Today on Octal FM, Gelada and I discuss decentralized communication networks, what they are, why we should be paying more attention to them, as well as some of the limitations and hurdles for them. Hello and welcome to the episode of Octal FM. I'm Zephyrin. And I'm Gelada. And today you're leading the episode for us today. Mm. And we're going down another tech trip. Uh, and this was inspired recently by one of our soundbite episodes we did, where we discussed all the recent kerfuffle to do with WhatsApp. Mm. Uh, you can go back and listen to our discussions about the actual, you know, newsworthiness that was that story Mm. Um, so we won't cover too much about that but it did get us talking about the idea of decentralized communication Mm. uh, specifically around social media but not exclusively Mm. Um, and then you sort of started to go down a bit of a rabbit hole in the soundbite we're like no no no, Jow, we haven't got time (laughs) pull back pull back so you went away and you were like, oh, wow, yeah, there's all these things and this, this that we could do this. And yeah, so when I was like, yeah, we need to make a full episode for this. And, yes. and that's exactly what we've done. And yeah, you've uh, you've come back with with a lot of notes and a lot of insights. So mm. we're going to going to explore what it means to have a decentralized method of communication and, yeah. and what it is versus what currently exists. Mm, exactly. Yeah, you're right. This all started with, um, I think people kind of like, waking up a little bit there's this slow kind of rumbling change right where people are realizing that maybe it's not great that all of your kind of like real life social communication is handled Mm. by corporations like facebook Mm -hmm. who are there to kind of make money off that and that kind of just like leaves a bad taste in people's mouths Mm. and rightly so right so people are sort of looking at moving to companies that are friendlier right in principle so moving away from whatsapp to signal for example like a mm. non-profit you know that maybe has different priorities as a business but i think that there's more to this right and there's and and i don't i don't really think that something like signal is kind of the end goal for, no that's sort of the next step more than yeah, anything else isn't it exactly and and that's sort of leads us on to what we're going to talk about you're right which is which is decentralization and when I say decentralization, that's like a big topic in and of itself and covers mm. a whole wide variety of, of things. And it's essentially just like, it's, it's as it sounds, like instead of it being Signal, this like centralized thing or WhatsApp, this centralized, you know, one company, one organization, decentralization is about sort of taking that, whatever that thing is, and spreading it out so that there is no one central point. Hmm. It was um, sort of, you You made the comparison for me to understand it, like the difference between, say, sending a message via WhatsApp and the difference of sending a message via, say, SMS, like a text right. message. Exactly, exactly. Like SMS is a great example and email is also a really good example of, of like decentralization that we use all the time. When you send an SMS, you know, if I'm on O2 and you're on Vodafone, like we can still send SMSs to each other. Yeah. Even, and if Vodafone disappeared... I would still be able to send SMSs to other people on mm-hmm. other networks, right? There's no one sort of like, obviously there are like points of failure in the SMS network. And that's why like on New Year's, it used to always go down and like not work. But 
like fundamentally it's like there isn't one company that like owns sms yeah it doesn't go through one central location right it's just going along all the networks they're all interconnected to one another exactly. and it benefits those companies to allow that to happen because otherwise if one company goes oh no you can only send messages to people within our network then people aren't going to use your network <laughs> right exactly and and email is is probably one of the best examples and obviously email has been around for a very long time like as long as the internet's been around mm -hmm. and the internet fundamentally is decentralized like that's how it works you can't take the internet offline because there is no one switch to flick right like i guess in theory, the biggest point of centralization is like the yeah, i'm you're gonna have to correct me if I'm wrong on things like the DNS servers, right? Yeah, like, like the where they DNS give, servers. Yeah, give you like that. identities and, and addresses and stuff like yes. that. But even then, there's like more than one. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. And they're everywhere, and they're all redundant of each other. So exactly. And you know, the thing about email, for example, like email and SMS, they're protocols. So what that means is like people have decided that email should work in a certain way. Mm. Like it has a from address and a to address and you can put text in it and you can send attachments. And like, there's these like agreed upon features mm. and then anyone can run, you know, an email service. So you are on Gmail, I'm on Fastmail, someone else is on Hotmail and we can all send emails to each other. Yeah, And it's not to say that like, there isn't any variety. Obviously, like Gmail gives you, you know, has different priorities, right? Like they have sort of like smart AI features for, you know, automatically labeling stuff. And, yeah. you know, I use Fastmail, which is a, a Australian company, and they're more focused on sort of privacy and you have to pay for it and things like that. And hmm. maybe you even want to run your own email, right? Like that's the thing you can do if you're like a massive nerd. Yeah, because all the, the, the specs for having a, an email service be available is completely open. Right. Everything's available to make use of. You just need the actual hardware and know right. how to use it. But obviously, we don't all use email to like chat with each other anymore. No. And that's because... Email it was designed for mail, like mail for, for that style of communication. Yeah. So, you know, things like our, the way that we communicate is so much more sophisticated than email now. Mm. Things like, you know, you want to send images and video and you have things like stories, you know, sort of like ephemeral messaging um, and communities like group chats. You know, email has mailing lists, but they're not a great experience, right? It's like a you know, just a workaround on top of email and it can very quickly kind of get out of hand and be really messy. Yeah. Um, and also email isn't really very secure. Uh, it, it was never designed to be secure. In fact, the original definition of email, the, the way that like all the servers that were doing email communicated with each other, it was all in the clear. So you would send an email and anyone in between could intercept it and read it. There was, mm. there was no privacy or security whatsoever. I guess in a way it's almost similar to an actual piece of mail yeah you exactly, the post, exactly right in the sense that it's just a piece of paper at the end of the day and if anyone wants to open it they absolutely can right exactly so you know and obviously like i say like with mailing lists people try and work around these things and there is kind of encryption for email nowadays but it's not fundamentally designed for that style no. of use right so really the question is is thinking about decentralization there's other things as well so things like um, file sharing, right? Like BitTorrent is a decentralized mm. file sharing. Mm. Um, and, you know, the web is decentralized in that every web server is its own website. You know, there's no one central place that hosts all websites. And many of these things are beneficial because that way multiple services can offer multiple different experiences. Yeah, for, exactly. All resulting in the similar sort of result. There is benefit to that. 
Mm. But there's also downsides in the sense that you're not guaranteed a great service every time, mm. which is sort of what these like centralized communication companies, like the primary example here is the WhatsApp versus Signal, but you could use any sort of like communications opportunities like Facebook as an example mm. too. They have a very controlled, very secure, quote unquote, um, sort of service, mm. but it also doesn't allow for any form of variation and obviously, yeah, you're beholden to one company mm. now. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about sort of the, there are, like you say, there are definitely benefits of centralization. And actually, those are really going to become apparent as we talk about decentral, like decentralized stuff. Mm. So I kind of want to talk only really about decentralized, like social media, effectively, and also decentralized chat. Right. Because yeah. I feel like those are the two things that, are actually kind of blurring in today's world. Like Facebook is Facebook and WhatsApp, you know, and Instagram has direct chat as well as sharing photos and things like that. I mean, that makes it, it was a bit tangential, but that in itself is also horrifying because in fact, all those services are kind of all one service. Yeah, exactly. You know, like that's very much a sort of dystopian cyberpunky nightmare of like one company having all of your information all the time. Definitely. Um, So yeah, I want to sort of only really focus on those two areas of decentralization because yeah. those areas are in a bit of a state of growth because people are you know looking at the internet and how it's decentralized and being like but we haven't really solved that for social media and we mm, haven't really mm. maybe solved it for chat yeah why As, can't i talk to my friend on one network if i'm on this network sort of right. thing but they, that's ridiculous yeah yeah exactly and so people are thinking well we need protocols like email but for social media and for Hmm. chat um and so that's sort of like these exist right like that like surprise that people are actually working on these things um if you've been around the uh, for a while you might actually remember um is it pronounced diaspora like the yeah diaspora diaspora like diaspora was like a uh, a kickstarter uh, a long time ago to make a decentralized facebook Mm. and that sort of really started to like put it in front of people's minds but diaspora it still exists um it's not really done hugely well none of these things that i'm going to talk about are like you know crazy huge right none of them are um this is really a forward looking sort of um discussion yeah um and starting with um social media one of the if you think about like twitter right and you think what is twitter fundamentally it's a way of sharing like 280 characters Mm -hmm. uh, and people on twitter can follow you and when you post a message on twitter they see it in their kind of like home timeline right all rolled up Yeah, yeah and twitter obviously provides features around the edges like they curate that feed they surface popular trends and things like that um, but fundamentally, that's what it is. So there's a popular decentralized version of that called Mastodon. Uh, and it's based on a protocol called ActivityPub. So that's like the equivalent of email, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about it like that. Um, and this works exactly the same as, as Twitter. Um, it, you essentially, there are a whole bunch of instances of Mastodon uh, and you can be on any instance of Mastodon or any instance of anything that does ActivityPub and you can subscribe and follow someone on any other server that runs it. So, for example, I have my own server set up that only has me on it, 
but everyone can still follow me even though there's no one else on my network yep. they just have to put in my it looks a bit like an email address my like id and then they can follow me and then if i post something it appears in their timeline yeah regardless of the fact that they're not using the same program as you yeah. or they're not using the same service as you directly yeah yeah and like there's a there's quite a lot of these um there's a lot of things that are also based on the like this protocol so there's a thing called pixel fed which is a like instagram clone so it uses the same underlying protocol but it's designed more around images so mm -hmm. it surfaces images in a you know very visual way rather than um sort of displaying things primarily as text and mastodon has about three three four million people that are on it uh, there's thousands and thousands of different instances so it's sort of it's getting there right it does actually work like i've i follow a whole bunch of people on in the like fediverse which is what people use to they call yeah. it like the federated space and federation as in these instances are all kind of communicating with each other they're all federated mm. together and joined together and um, you can see this maybe get like once it takes hold it will just run away because I think once people get the idea that they could create their own like v mini client for this, that people mm. can download on their phones, on their computers, you can have any form of tailored app effectively oh, yeah. to yeah, yeah, yeah. allow you to have whatever sort of service you want, but everyone's still connected. Like mm. if you want a really lightweight version, you know, something mm. that's super easy to use, no, no additional you know features, you can have that, yeah, which is something exactly. that I, I would quite like. But if someone really wants to, like you say, share lots of pictures, then maybe they could have one that is far more about, you know, sharing images really effectively and exactly. like storing those images to your local f phone or something. Exactly. And it gives you so much more choice. And I can see lots of smaller companies then proceeding to go, yes, you can have this and we use this like decentralized version. Maybe they can sell their app to people you know and like you could have these features mm. for this small price and right exactly yeah there's nothing to really stop it's kind of interesting we'll talk about monetization as well because obviously that's a challenge for these services because like email they're they're open you know like anyone can look at the protocol and be like okay i'm gonna make my own thing that does this yeah. you know or and, and as long as it abides by the rules that everyone else uses i yeah. can kind of do whatever i want exactly exactly um so yeah, that's been around for quite a while now. Um, and yeah, there's there's all kinds of sort of variations on it. Um, and for ch chat is actually a really interesting one because if you've been around on the internet for a while, you'll remember the days of like ICQ and mm. AOL Instant Messenger. And at the time there was a thing called Jabber, right? And I don't know if you remem remember ever hearing about Jabber Vaguely, as like yeah. a thing. If you ever used like Trillion or Pigeon, you know, those like... Um, yes, I did use Trillion, yeah. Yeah, the like, the, the like multiple client ones. Mm. You would have an option there, like that supported Jabber. You know, right. you could add a Jabber account. And that's that has turned into a thing called XMPP, which is an acronym and I can't remember what it stands for. Um, I'm sure the M is probably messaging. Yeah. Um, I think it might be extendable messaging and presence protocol or something like that. Oh, um, that's piffy. Yeah, it's really good. I prefer Jabber to be honest. I don't know yeah, why Jabba's they just nicer. Jabba. Um, but this is a pro. This is really old. Um, it's it's from those days of like ICQ and mm. AIM and and whatever else there was. Mm. Um, and it was an equivalent of those. So what you would do is you would have a Jabber account on a server, for example. 
in fact, actually Google did this. So if, do you remember Google Talk, right? Like in the early mm, days of mm. Google's like Hangouts chat thing. It used yeah, when to be they were trying Google to get Talk. their own social to some extent. Yeah. So Google Talk was XMPP. Like it was right. actually an implementation of this. And if you used Google Talk, you could speak to people on other servers that were using Jabber. Mm. And it was all federated and there was an, it was an open protocol. It still exists. Um, and it let you do like let you chat with people that were on different networks. That was exactly how it was designed to yeah, work. It's, and it's great. Like, why wouldn't you want that, right? Yeah. And the problem with XMPP was always that it has a weird like extensions system. So XMPP, the protocol is like really, really simple. It's like you can do text and you can do this person's online or offline. Right. But actually nowadays that worked in the days of like ICQ, but yeah. it doesn't work in today's mobile world and people yeah. sharing things. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a, this massive, massive plethora of extensions to the original protocol. Right. And like it just kind of makes like, things very clunky, I guess. Yeah. Right. So things like encryption and message archives and ephemeral messages and push notifications and mm. they work. But the problem is, is that not every XMPP instance supports all of them yeah. and not every client supports all of them so you're going to get conflicts between different examples and yeah that almost like, then sort of ruins the whole point that it's an, uh, a decentralized thing where everyone can use it no matter what yeah it means that like maybe i have an app that supports um encryption but you have an app that doesn't and they can't really speak to each other no. or maybe like i have an app that supports images in a certain way and yours doesn't yours supports it differently and yeah. that yeah, was yeah. always the big problem with xmpp and it just never really kept up with the times. Like it took a, it now it's in a really good place and there's a standard accepted set of extensions that every server pretty much supports. Right. And it kind of covers all the bases like encryption and archives and having multiple mm. devices and all of this kind of stuff. But for the longest time, that just wasn't really a thing. Mm. Uh, and so actually there's another kid on the block, uh, like a new kid on the block uh, called Matrix. Mm. Matrix is another protocol and it actually has a, about 11 million people using it uh, in 2019. Uh, so even more now, they're, they're growing a lot. Uh, and it does kind of what you would want from a WhatsApp or Signal replacement. Yeah. So you can sign up on a, they call them home servers. So like Matrix themselves run one, but then you can just, you can set up your own or you can join like a friend's one maybe yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or something like that. And it gives you like one-to-one -one encrypted communication, but also group chats, kind of like Discord is probably the closest equivalent, mm, right? Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. sort of style or like IRC style. Um, but it's interesting because you can join a group chat on a different server. So like I can join a channel on Matrix the matrix home server from my home server and then people can see that i'm there but they can also see that i'm on a different server yeah and it they can all still interact with up. you regardless yeah exactly so that's sort of like the closest to an equivalent to sort of whatsapp and it's kind of similar to xmpp but has a it's a bit more sort of modern in the way mm. that it works. Yeah, like, it's, it's a lot more forward thinking, a lot more kind of current with the times of yeah, what people want. Like yeah, it has like a web-based client that you can use and, mm. you know, they've sort of tried to make it easily accessible. It's really, really in its infancy. So I've set yeah. up a Matrix home server and I've been looking around at the communities and things like that. And it has a lot of problems. Um, it can't really handle large groups um, okay. of people in one channel. Like it really struggles with that. And that it has some big issues with things like multiple devices for the same account 
encrypted is quite difficult. Like the verifying mm. of the like the way that it does. Yes, yeah, so if you try to access it with your phone and your computer, sort of thing, it yeah, would and this get, is, get confused. Exactly, it does. It does, and it mostly works, but like it's clunky as someone coming from like WhatsApp. Right? I think that's really <laughs> important to address. Right, is that one of the benefits of all of this is the decentralization of it is taking away your personal information and your security away from large companies, which is good. But no one's going to choose to have that over the convenience and smooth Mm. functionality that these large apps like Twitter and Facebook and WhatsApp provide. Because at the end of the day, they are excellent at what they do, because if they weren't excellent, people wouldn't use them. Yeah. And this kind of brings us on to the prop the challenges like mm. why why are these things not why are we not all using these right why are we Does not it make all sense on why wouldn't you yeah why are we not all on matrix the problem is is that not to like trivialize what facebook and twitter do but running a centralized service makes a lot of things easy oh, absolutely in, yeah. in that things that are a big big challenge in decentralization because technically there's so much more work to do Hmm. just aren't a challenge in centralization i mean one of the big things that we were just discussing in regards to things like xmpp was it it's sort of hard to get everyone to use the same protocols and extensions whereas if you've got a centralized service say just like facebook you force everyone to use the same thing because it's yours my facebook is the same as your facebook exactly there's no like different variations and that's actually a great first example it's kind of like governance like who runs xmpp Mm. who decides how it works who decides how matrix works they have like centralized organizations like these you know they're they're mostly non-profits mostly kind of like community run democratically led um sort of like groups of people but ultimately people have got to like have some faith in that and follow the Mm. standards Mm. and the problem is is that like xmpp people weren't following the standards and so it didn't really work as they a central you know yeah. A, yeah it splintered exactly um and that can be a big problem you know that's also kind of a problem for for email sometimes you know if you think about what google has done where they've sort of you know added functionality that only really works in gmail for example you know it doesn't work elsewhere like that mm. is a classic example of the problem with this is that you know who decides what is the like authoritative the base, version yeah yeah what version you should be all using yeah. and also because it does tend to be committee-led you you know it tends to move a lot slower right mm. because it's designed by committee and designed by committee is always slow and centralized services don't have that problem as much because they can be you know autocratically you know led by you know someone deciding this is how we're going to do it i sort of see it similarly uh, as the way in which say certain national services are run particularly here in the uk for example like how you can in the UK you can purchase your electricity, for example, from multiple providers. But mm. at the end of the day, all the electricity is still serviced by the national grid. Right. Like it's one body that maintains the infrastructure, but many other exactly. services that offer the opportunity to use that infrastructure. Exactly. And actually that's another example of a problem with decentralization, which is kind of similar in that you can end up with centralization by mistake. So I mentioned Matrix, right? And Matrix runs its own home server. And like everyone uses that. 
Yeah, no because why wouldn't you? It's easier ones. to, right? <laughs> and so actually Matrix is pretty centralized. There is one kind of defeats the point <laughs> that everyone is on. And that's kind yeah. of like the national grid, right? Like if something goes wrong with the national grid, everyone's electricity goes off. Yeah. Even if even though lots of different suppliers actually provide the electricity. Um so that's another problem. And obviously that's a problem with Twitter as well, but if you've built something that's decentralized, it kind of seems a shame that actually it kind of isn't. Mm. Um, and that is a big problem. Well, that um, leads on to another point that you've made on the challenges to the idea of discovery. The mm. idea that like a lot of people would go to that home server of Matrix specifically because, oh, I'll just go there because my yes. friends are there. Now, obviously, they could be there regardless of where you go because that's kind of the whole point. But a lot of people are going to just do the same thing as everybody else because people like to do what they know is easy mm. and works. Yeah. So rather than going for a more unique and interesting and, and less obvious choice, you're going to go for the central choice, which is going to then further increase the a centralized, decentralized yeah. network. But then it also just shows the challenges of getting people to move over to these services to begin with, because if they can't be guaranteed that they can talk with the people they want to talk with necessarily, they're not going to bother. Yeah. And the other problem as well with discovery, with decentralization is, is particularly with social media. So with Twitter, for example, Twitter knows everyone on Twitter. Right. And, yeah. and yeah, like yeah. they can you can search for people it can and they have an authoritative list of every single Twitter user. But with Mastodon, for example, my server has no idea about anyone else on no. Mastodon. I have to go out and find them. There's no one centralized directory of people on Mastodon. People can try and make that. But that's a challenge. Right. Because how do you know? You don't know where everyone is. And then how do you regulate it as well? Yeah, exactly. So discovery is a big problem, particularly for social, less so for chat, where you know who you want to talk to. Yeah. And you you're know the like, address of that person in terms of their exactly. identity or whatever. You click that person's name in your window and that's the end of it. You know, exactly. talk to that person. Exactly. Exactly. That then also leads into another issue that you've raised here, the idea of surrounding identity, though, mm. in that if you've not got that central list of users, like, for example, Twitter has... What's to stop anyone from claiming that they're Elon Musk or, you know, Jeff right. Bezos or something, you know? Exactly, exactly. That's a, definitely another problem. You know, impersonation is really difficult um, and verifying who someone is is really difficult. You know, Twitter, like you say, for Elon Musk, for example, there's a verified tick. You know, Twitter have said this is Elon Musk, yeah. right, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But that it's doable with decentralization, like identity verification, for example, things like cryptographically chaining identities together. So, for example, if I own um, a Mastodon identity, I can cryptographically link it to, say, my website mm. or my Twitter or my email address or something else about me to say the person who owns this account also owns this and you go, okay, well, cool. Well, I trust that that is definitely them. You know, my gelada.co.uk is definitely Gelada's website. And he's managed, he's like authoritatively joined these two things up. Therefore, it must be him. Mm. But this kind of highlights that, you know, the big challenge with decentralization is that the technology is kind of harder in a way. Mm. Like you've got to like think about how does that work, you know, in the context of decentralization. And actually that lead, like privacy it sounds like decentralization would be good for privacy, but it can also be really bad. Yeah, because although one place doesn't necessarily have all the information, your information is now easier to access for other people. Yeah, and potentially, like, just the cryptography is harder. Like, mm. if it's decentralized, things like multi-device become a lot harder because how do you know that these devices, like, how do you sort of 
join an additional device to your account when there's no kind of authoritative place that you're signing into yeah yeah how do you know that the person that you're sending to is also storing it in a secure way you know all of that sort of like end-to-end encryption is just a really difficult challenge Mm. um especially in a system where yeah you're passing data between different servers different systems in different places and it still needs to sort of be, you know, things like, oh, well, if I add a new device, of course, I want to see my chat history. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. how does your new device get those end-to-end encrypted messages? Without some form of centralized service to send it across. That, yeah. sto- that somewhere needs to be storing them. Yeah. Um, you know, so those things are really a challenge. I think by far and away, the biggest problem with decentralization is moderation. Mm. Um, you get a lot of spam email, right? <laughs> like, there is no way to stop spam email not effectively no and that can become a huge problem with chats and social media if it's Mm. decentralized yeah everything's open because you have no central place to kind of control moderation you know Mm. things like hate speech you know how do you control how do you control speech but you know what i mean like how do you have rules and regulations yeah how do you moderate what people can and can't say in things like hate speech or or violent crimes or yeah. so, or in, inciting something or other. Right. But, and, but also like sharing problematic things, like even if it's just like viruses between right. people, you know. Exactly. And I think that, and also just sort of like controlling spam or blocking mm. people is, is just harder as well, just from a like logistical point of view. I can imagine it also from like a scam point of view as well, like mm. scam baiting and like, uh, you know, scammers would just run, run riot. Mm. So And that is definitely a big problem. But, you know, I think that my sort of feeling on that is that we need to look at it in the same way that we look at email and and SMS in that, you know, that's not really what these protocols, these protocols aren't really designed to allow you to moderate them, which is a bad thing in a way. It's like the end, the end user product that does like right so the email protocols themselves don't moderate spam but gmail does right exactly like you've got to just find ways like that around it because otherwise it has to be centralized like if Mm. you you have to have some authority about the system and it sounds like it would be a terrible place but we're talking about the internet you know the internet is full of terrible things that can't be controlled and this is just another example like people get worried about it but it's like this is kind of the internet guys like that's how it works like like there are horrible things on the internet that no that you don't agree with and you don't think should be online and when you're within those social media websites you're within that very pleasant walled garden effect most Mm. of the time like you know you're you're inside facebook and you don't see any of that because you're within this kind of Mm. closed environment and the cost of being there is that no one else outside that environment can interact with you, whether they want to or not. Mm. And also you have to pay them the privilege, you know, the price of being there, regardless yeah. of whether that's money or your data or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> my, my hot take, I guess my auctal FM hot take is that I think that fundamentally these things are how the internet works and yeah. how the internet should work. The internet shouldn't be Facebook and Twitter and I don't think even, I think even Twitter themselves, for example, probably don't really think that the power that they have is a good thing. No, <laughs> like no. It, it, it's just, it's just doesn't feel. When your website is right. the is the one that everyone clusters around with mm. the internet itself, just naturally because that's just sort of the source and center of their online mm. experience. That's a bit problematic. Like yeah. that's kind of the whole 
that's kind of anti what the internet is supposed to be. It's supposed right. to be this open way of communicating with whoever you want, however you want. And, exactly. and it's almost, that's going away, but almost not necessarily through like malicious or devious means. It's mm. just through convenience and yes. through these companies offering these services that people want. Yes, But exactly. people are not necessarily happy to pay the price for that in the sense of not right. just their money, but their privacy. And yeah, it, 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 there's so many benefits to decentralization. You know, like I think it's really important to say that just because we're advocating for decentralization, and I think it is the future, no matter what happens to the internet, that's not to say that centralization is a bad thing in of itself. No. It just has problems that are getting worse. Agreed. And I think that people are realizing that maybe their like real life social network shouldn't be controlled by for-profit corporations, mm, yeah, yeah, right? 100%. Which is kind of where we're getting to with things like WhatsApp. You know, it's and like- as things get worse with things like fake news, you mm. know, and, and the influence that like bots and hackers and other relatively shady organizations can have mm. within your social media feed. I mean, we, we talked about also this sort of thing in the Cambridge Analytica episode we did. Mm, like right. it's so easy to manipulate the way people think using these very centralized networks. Yeah, exactly. Which is, again, very, you wouldn't have that same power in a decentralized network, although it's hard to regulate what people can and can't say. You also can't access that amount of people that easily and that quickly with such huge amounts of data. Mm, exactly. So it's almost less incentive to try and do something like that in a decentralized network. Exactly, exactly. Um, but I think at the moment, the tech is still really mostly in its infancy, mm. with the exception of XMPP, which has been around mm. for ages. Um, Twitter are actually funding investigation into building a decentralized version of Twitter. Um, okay, oh, there's cool. a, a sort of they're running a project they're running a project called um, blue sky which is mm. investigating a decentralized version and i think the other problem because it's in its infancy the communities especially in the fediverse in the like mastodon side of things are very principled yes. because they're like anti they're, they're like, like it's positioned as like not twitter right yeah. and so as a result they're like very anti those things. No matter that, what they try and do, no matter what concessions are given, it's never going to be enough. They want mm. complete 100% freedom from these centralized networks, exactly. which at the moment probably isn't feasible. Yeah. And the other thing is that it means that there's things that they really shy away from that actually would make it better. So yes, for example, yeah. like from what I've seen, people are very like, you should never have curated timelines, you know, like it should always be just latest post first. Mm. And it's like, well, curated timelines is actually a good thing it makes a service more usable because yes. you know like the system can sort of surface the most relevant information first just because you haven't been looking at your timeline for the last 20 yeah. minutes you could pretend you're going to miss something that you would otherwise really want to see exactly and you could build an algorithm that isn't evil you know it, in a decent you can't really build an evil curated timeline in a decentralized world because there's no benefit to that yeah exactly, so it can yeah. be made to work for you and I think there's a lot of fragmentation. You know, we talked about like Matrix and XMPP, you know, like there'll be another one that comes along and, you know, you just end up with people all over the place. And there's the classic like, you know, oh, we've got 10 standards. We need one unifying standard. Yeah, and, now you've and got it'll take standards. a long time for those all to come together to like, I mean, this happened with, say, for example, like phone chargers, you know, like mm. your lightning right, exactly. and 30-pin uh, lightning and USB-A and C and B and... 
all the other types of types of charging right. ports there are. And, and slowly over time, things become standardized. Right. And that will happen, guaranteed. Yeah. But it takes a long time. Yeah. And there's, the, the, the other problem is, is that there's not really a lot of reason for large companies like Twitter and Facebook and WhatsApp, etc., to push that forward massively, because that would also, that would be losing them potential business in the future. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, yeah. it's great that Twitter are investigating this. Like, that's, that's almost like weirdly altruistic mm, um mm. which is kind of odd but i'm guessing that someone at twitter's gone you have access to some money to do something go ahead and do yes, it and then it's the ceo like, it's jack dorsey that's put, oh, put the time I mean, behind fair it. enough like I'll, I'll i'll definitely give props where props are due um but for the most part like these companies aren't going to be running out into the streets going hey we've made it so that we don't have as much information on you yeah (laughs) (laughs) we've made it so that we're not necessary anymore (laughs) yeah which is certainly not going to happen yeah and as a result there's no central force pushing this forward other than the loose connection of people who don't like what it already is right that's not going to be enough to create a useful decentralized network yeah and it's slower right like designed by committee is mm. always slower than silicon valley startups right you know that's a big problem as well that kind of like keeps these always playing catch up mm. but i guess like there is one like we've talked a lot about decentralization as the cure right for this centralization and there is one other alternative that i sort of want to touch on before we kind of wrap up and that is regulation Right. We actually, you mentioned it with electricity, and that's a great example um, of of a, a service being so critical and so core that it must be regulated, yeah. and it has rules that you must abide by from a legal point of view. And there is a case to be made that if you are Facebook and you are running a critical service, i.e., a social like well, WhatsApp, right? WhatsApp is yeah. a critical service. There uh, yeah, is no definitely. Two ways I don't about think it. you could argue in any way now that it isn't. An yeah. essential service the majority of people that use it. Yeah, especially in the UK and, and Europe. Obviously, mm. yeah, there are different ones in different places, but these things are essential services that people need in order to stay in touch with people. They provide critical communication. I mean, for, as just as a real world example, like my own mother uses WhatsApp to contact her immediate family regarding my grandma's health. Right, exactly. You know, that's a critical service for her now. Yeah, she it, needs that service to be able to do that. Exactly. Now, whether or not she should have put that into position in the first place is, is irrelevant. Yeah, she exactly. 100%. 100% is irrelevant. And so I would say that the workaround is to regulate and mm. to say, you know, for for example, the EU could step in and say, okay, if you're Signal, if you're WhatsApp, if you're Twitter, here are the things that you must abide by. You cannot, you know, sell information about this. You must have ways of, you know, people communicating with other networks or whatever it may be to enforce, you know, the needs of people because privacy and and like all of the sorts of things that that people that are important to people from a sort of like doing good point of view yeah a principled point of view yeah, yeah from a principles point of view aren't necessarily at the heart of what corporations want obviously no. like those <laughs> no. are at odds from each other yeah and so that is why you ha- that's what regulation is there for right like yeah. that's 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 to why protect the consumer exists. yeah um to protect people and i think that we are at the point where we kind of need protecting and there's already some precedents for that, right? Things like every time you go to a website now, you have to accept cookies. Right, right? exactly. Similar sort GDPR, of thing. yeah, yeah exactly. It, it, don't get me wrong, it, it's frustrating and most people don't care and don't even mm. have a clue why it's there. 
But if you do care, you now have that opportunity to mm. say no thank you. Yeah. And also it's not necessarily the the cookie banner, but it's all the stuff behind the scenes of like yeah. what do these companies now need to do to protect consumers yeah. that consumers can't enforce themselves. But that then requires quite heavy understanding of this technical aspect of things by mm. large central governments be it yes. things like a, the eu which is like a multinational one or be it something like a large government like say in america mm. uh, and that just is even slower than designed by committee yeah right exactly <laughs> i mean how long did it take any form of governmental body to make a reasonable stance on it with things like gdpr like yeah, exactly. as i don't count places like china for example they just outright ban things because they don't want it that's not the same <laughs> yeah. thing because yeah. that's just almost draconian control mm. as opposed to regulation on what can and can't be done yes exactly yeah so i think we're yeah sadly it's going to take a while i think but these are these are the choices in front of us mm. um really uh, that we can yeah that, that we can put our put our weight behind I think um, eventually someone will create a useful service that a lot of people go, actually, this is really great and it's free and it's a good service and people will use it. And just as with most of these sorts of services, like WhatsApp started out as a relatively small app and now yeah. it's grown into this enormous thing. And I think that will happen again, potentially. Just people will migrate to whatever their friends and peers use. Mm. And then that will just sort of draw in more crowds and that will be how it changes mm. over. I don't think it's going to be any sort of like big push by a government or a large mm. company. I think it's just going to be a, a continually ever growing movement of people going, uh, yeah, this seems really good yeah exactly um but yeah so that's sort of uh uh i guess a state of the state of decentralization um in in social media and in in chat and in typical octal fm fashion we have presented you the utopian option that we would like and the more realistic version that will yes, probably happen <laughs> exactly um we'll add some links in the show notes for if you want to sort of explore more you know mm -hmm. maybe if you want to try out matrix or try out um you know mastodon there's a few kind of friendly sort of like places to get started that can mm. kind of guide you through setting up and yeah because it does it seem works. a little bit like intimidating at first yeah it's not <laughs> as friendly as just going to twitter.com no. right <laughs> um but it's yeah it might be worth exploring um especially if you you know are a little bit frustrated with these existing services and you mm. want to sort of explore what the alternatives are they are out there and there mm. are lots of people using them um, and so it's definitely worth having a look at. I tell you what, if I can manage to get my mother to use Mastodon for her communication purposes, I'll call it a win. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, that's the test, right? That's the ultimate test. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I will feed back to that one. And I want to know if anyone else out there is already using things mm -hmm. like Mastodon or uh, what was the other Matrix? I think the other one yes. was you said that was, uh, or just any other services. Maybe we don't know about some really great decentralized services that are being mm -hmm. used just outside of our knowledge. You know, yeah. let us know what you use. Let us know what you think. Maybe you don't care about your privacy that much in terms of like what companies know on you. I suppose the old adage is, you know, you've got nothing to hide. You've got nothing to fear sort of mm. thing but it's really not the point in my opinion but i mean if that's your idea then yeah let us know we want to know what your thoughts and opinions are on on the the arguments at hand here yeah absolutely let us know you can email us 
decentralized show at optical.fm <laughs> you can tweet us centralized no 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 this episode you're not allowed to tell you're not allowed to tell us over twitter okay you can you can message me on uh the fediverse <laughs> at gelada at fed.hvn.network imagine if you got some responses now um, yeah i'll post about it i'll post about it on there i'm sure i'll get only positive responses because <laughs> that's what the community is like um yeah you can you can message me on on matrix gelada at haven.network i think hvn that is we don't have an octal fm home server so oh, I maybe you could set that address. Up. i could i could and set you could it stick it in the show notes of this episode yeah exactly um but yes no twitter as well at octal fm yeah or facebook.com forward slash octal fm all the evil corpse that's where we are <laughs> because otherwise that's you're never going to message us no <laughs> which <laughs> is the depressing considering it, the 40 minutes of this episode you just listened to yeah um but yeah we look forward to hearing you back uh, from you in regards to how you feel about all this uh and we'll probably do like maybe a follow-up in the future if anything kind of interesting mm. changes in regards yeah. to it, like maybe, maybe like a, a new maybe development in a year or two we'll see how things are going. we've had that in the past yeah where, we, where we've had a, a hot take and something's either happened or not happened usually mm. as the cases yeah. um and we'll, we'll feed back so uh but until then mm-hmm. i've been Sephra and i've been Jill and catch us again for another Octal FM very soon.